So we just got out of this um, hot spring. <laughs> I guess you could call it that. Yeah, we are in Colorado. Um, in a, uh, Idaho Springs, Colorado. Yeah. So we just got out of this hot springs um, called India Hot Springs in Idaho Springs, Colorado. Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of springs in Colorado, we noticed. So we've been on the road for three days now, and we were like, let's try um, one of these hot springs out. Yeah, we hit up a natural hot spring, like, on the side of the road, or I guess it's called, like, a primitive hot spring. It's kind of a, I don't know, I don't like that description, but... What do you not like about it? I don't know, just... To me, that's a hot spring. Yeah. Like going that's a to, real hot, yeah, that's a hot, hot that's an actual hot spring where you go and it's just like some people built like a tub out of rocks or whatever. But mm-hmm. when you actually you pay to go in a place and it's like mm-hmm. a pool or whatever, <laughs> which is what just happened like, to us. Yeah, we got here and it was like it was a pool. I mean, we looked it up and we we're expecting a pool. It was kind like, of, but like the color. So we so we looked it up because we were just looking at where we were in Vale today, which was really interesting. It was raining and fun in Vale. It was like an outdoor mall resort, and we were trying to figure out what we, where we wanted to head next. And we saw this picture, and it looked like a cool, like kind of like atrium, kind of like greenhouse, mineral soak. They colorized the photo to make the water look green instead yeah. of like chlorine blue. So it was like a misleading photo, but whatever. It was um. Definitely like what the fuck the second I got in the pool I was like this is a chlorine pool and I was like immediately gonna get up and go ask for our money back but apparently they don't accept refunds because they know that that happens to every person yeah. who gets in it <laughs> um, but yeah on the website it's billed as like hot spring water from their hot spring and like we get in there and it's like 70 degrees maybe a little warmer it says on their website that it's between 90 and 110 degrees it definitely wasn't 90 it was maybe 90 in some spots yeah But whatever, you know, despite the fact that it was like, you know, travel is funny because I always think it's so hard to shop online and that includes like an expectation of like where you're going and expectation versus reality kind of thing, you know, what people sell online, as we well know, is often not what you get in the mail or whatever. So, I mean, that to me, I always like take that stuff with a grain of salt, but this was definitely just like a pool. But the best part, (laughs) which is why we're podcasting about it, is it some kind of maybe swinger pool? It definitely had a hookup vibe. Like once Genevieve was in there before me and then... When I got in there with you, uh, we kind of, like, looked around and, like, everybody's making out. There were, like, five couples making out. Like, in corners. And (laughs) not just making out, but making out and kind of, like, peering around to see who was looking at them. Yeah, it was was almost more like a side-by-side, like, exhibitionist vibe, but maybe a little cruisy. It, It felt like... It felt like... It felt like a mix between, like, a high school dance and, like... Yeah, kind of like a swinger cruise pool. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It was just very interesting. We, we, were, were, we were not up. expecting that at all. <laughs> yeah, it was a vibe. I wanted to get a room tone of it, but it's closed now. But it was playing this like kind of new agey, like Kataro esque, like, like massage, massage music, but like so good. from like the 90s or something, the mid 90s. Yeah, loved it. There was, like, a little spout of mineral water that this one couple was just kind of, like, humping over there the whole time. Yeah, bogarting the, like, one spot where the hot water actually came out. Like, 
every like two minutes it would turn back on and shoot a little more hot spring water in. Yeah, well, I loved it. I oh, was, it was like, it was a vibe. It was entertaining as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. You know, it's what well, you found one review, right? Oh yeah, someone was like, "Don't bring your kids here." People were practically fucking in the pool. <laughs> so apparently, it's a vibe. And I heard one of the couples, like, kind of the, the ones who were bogarting the hot water, like, look around, and be like, "It's a slow night tonight." Like, so you got the feeling that we, like, walked into this, like, incidental swinger club. Yeah. Which we love. Isn't that the actual joy of vacation? Yeah. Being like, oh, that was unexpected. Didn't look like the picture, but what it is, is its whole own thing. Yeah. And didn't... Someone's underwear was on the floor that you touched, right? I touched some kind of piece of cloth at the bottom. We're not sure exactly what it was, but... It looked like a dick sock. (laughs) Oh, well. Yeah, so that was fun. I guess that's our first update from the road. Yeah. We'll get more soon. Bye. Bye. So a couple weeks ago, we went on a big road trip through Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona. Um, and we Don't forget Nevada. Nevada, too. Nevada, too. <laughs> Utah. <laughs> and Utah, yes. Um, and One always we, forgets about Utah, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful, but the culture is wackadoodle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even last night at the bar, there was a guy... Uh, I recognized his bank card because he had the same credit union I had when I lived oh, in Salt yeah. Lake. And, um, yeah, I was like, oh, are you from Utah? And he kind of looked, like, weirded out. And I was like, I can tell by the bank card. And he's like, oh, yeah. And I told him I used to live there. And he's like, yeah, I moved here two years ago. And I was like, yeah, I was there, like, ten years ago. He's like, a lot of people say it's better. He's like, mm, I'm never going back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that life. Never been to Salt Lake City. Yeah, I don't know. There, I mean, I met a few cool people there, but yeah, I don't know. So we were road tripping, um, and we brought the sound recorder with us with intentions of maybe recording a few podcasts, but uh, we only ended up recording once, yeah. which you just listened to. Yeah, that uh, very interesting hot springs place. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, there are a couple other times that I wanted to record, but we didn't get around to it. Like, I wanted to oh. record after the comedy show. Oh, yeah. While it was fresh in our minds. Yeah, let's talk about that comedy show. That was interesting. So, um, I I, can't, I think it was ahead of time. I was just, like, perusing FetLife events in um, Denver just to see, you know, what's the scene like? We're going to be spending a few days there. And I saw this, like, kinky comedy show. And I was like, ooh, let's see what that's about. Um, which was kind of interesting. I guess the premise is the host, uh, is a kinkster and invites, I guess, presumably not non-kinky, uh, comedians. I think, how many were there? Three? Three? Yeah. Non-kinky comedians come and they each do a set. Um, I'm not sure how long it was, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that. And then at the end, they introduce these... non-kinksters to a BDSM practice, and this um, show was Electroplay. So they had a TENS unit, 
a stun stick and a violet wand, um, which is really kind of interesting to see. Um, I don't know, like, if they talked beforehand, but there wasn't, like, a whole lot of talk about, like, limits or... There was no negotiation. Yeah, no no (laughs) negotiation in front of the audience or, like, best practices or how to safely use... And he kept electrocuting his own head, and I was so worried for him. <laughs> yeah, there were two experienced players who brought the gear on stage with them. Right. Um, but still, even so, you you could run into. I mean, I guess the host, obviously, in a se- in a sense, it's consensual non consent because they he must have had an idea that. You know, known that these... I'm sorry, I'm going to move. Oh, it's all good. Um, that these people were non-players and that there was a certain amount of risk involved. Yeah. But he yeah. had his hands up above his head connected by chains. So when they were doing some of the more intense ones, I guess... Oh, no. he had So he had chains on his hands and then he had a power tripper on himself, which means every time he touches those chains, he's going to electrocute himself because yeah. the chains conduct electricity. And he kept touching his head, which in, like, electroplay is, like, a cardinal sin. It's one of the most dangerous things you can do in electroplay, besides if you have a pacemaker making contact with the, that, right? Yeah, you want to keep the electricity away from the head. Definitely want to keep it away from the head. And so I, was very, we, I think we were both sitting there probably with, like, grimaces on our face, like, entertained <laughs> but worried. Um, like, maybe we're, square, we're squares when it comes to safety and consent and negotiation, in a way. But it was entertaining, nevertheless. For sure. Um, Um, the other thing that, like, really struck me about that, um, comedy show was that every single comedian made an STI joke, which, remember, I I mentioned, which I thought was very interesting. I was like, these are the supposedly vanilla, uh, comedians, and, I mean, I mentioned that to you, you were like, it's just low-hanging fruit, it's one of those, like, one of those last, like, kind of, um, kind of edgy jokes that you can make without getting, like canceled or something is it edgy though no it's not i don't think it's edgy it's not edgy but i think it's comedians think that they're being like edgy when they make those jokes and it's like really and and at a kingster show i don't think that they think they're being edgy it's like low-hanging fruit it's just it's an easy laugh joke how do you feel like the room how do you feel like the room responded Mm, I'm not sure. I didn't really look around to gauge any reactions. I mean, people seemed like they laughed at it the same as anything as else. anything else. Yeah, yeah. I was um, super curious. Like, I mean, it's like not like, yeah, it's not like because you're a kingster, you're also aware of STI stigmatization and like yeah. trying to work on that. You know? And just because you're a comedian performing at a show doesn't mean you're at a level where you can refrain from low-hanging fruit. I mean, I don't think necessarily that that's a bad thing either, but I think maybe with experience or more skilled comedians, you can, you know, maneuver, manipulate that something that might be, you can do a really easy one-liner or whatever Mm -hmm. off of into something a little more complex Mm -hmm. or thought-provoking. Well, we went to a comedy (laughs) show like two nights ago. Yeah. Uh, there was maybe one STI joke. I almost feel like you can't go to a comedy show without an STI joke, honestly. It's yeah. like, it's wild to me how common that is. And maybe but there I also, was, was there an STI joke? I don't joke? think there was. Um, yeah. I, I don't think STI jokes are necessarily bad. Just like there was a couple gay jokes, too, mm-hmm. that weren't like making fun of gay people. Mm-hmm. You know, there. I think it's a, it's a fine line. I think if you're skilled at the craft of comedy you can 
it's like, it's not, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what the joke is, but I think, I think it's, you can talk about those things without making them the butt of the joke, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that. What is that line? You know? Um, And it really, I mean, it really depends on who the audience is too. I mean, it's, comedy is art. It's super subjective. And I don't know, I don't really understand, you know, people get super up in arms about someone who makes a joke, you know, goes to a comedy club to hear that, you know, if you don't like it, leave the room. Don't try to censor that person. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the argument that's made is why punch down when there's like all kinds of like systems of of power and oppression that you could punch up at. For sure. You know what I mean? I I listen to a lot of podcasts about comedian Mm -hmm. or or hosted by comedians. And that's something they talk about frequently is like, Mm -hmm that's kind of seen as a sign of, like, a less... Not lesser, less but skilled. less skilled comedian yeah. is someone who punches down. Right. Um, interesting. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting, especially in, like, a kink... It, like, the, the space that we were at was fascinating, something I've never oh, encountered yeah, before. It was a kink... Um, kink theater. It was a theater, yeah, where all their programming and is kink-themed. Yeah. What is it called? I wish I could remember now. We should tell people. Uh, so if, if you're I in Denver, <laughs> if you're in Denver, you should look it up because we didn't really find. I mean, there was like a, I think there was a munch or something. There were some other. Yeah, there was a couple like, uh, splos, splashes. Yeah, it seemed like Denver we never had like, ended, a pretty healthy scene. Home, no, we tried finding like a kink store. There was one very small one. I can't remember what it was called. Very very small, but it's so you know compared to like LA, it's nice that we have like stockroom and pleasure chest and stuff like that here like big resources yeah for that. so many options we were really like one of the reasons we went to denver as kind of our like central destination and we kind of meandered on either side of denver um on a road trip was we thought a lot about where we would want to live if we didn't live in la anymore and denver had like come up over probably the past year or something of talking about that yeah so we had the opportunity to take some time off and go check it out and i don't know what do we think what are we left with how did we feel about denver um i wish that we maybe found someone that we knew or Mm -hmm. was a friend of a friend that could kind of point us in some directions of cool shit to check out Mm -hmm. um it seemed like a cool city though um like i liked the little neighborhoods that we were hanging out in there was you know seemed like a lot of cool houses there was I think two rivers kind of going through the downtown, which is really cool. Um, We don't really have much water here. I mean, we get the LA River, but... And the ocean. And the ocean. Um, I feel like all all of the stuff is, like, cute, and there's little points of interest, and there's little neighborhoods where you can get a beer or a coffee, and there was a lot of good coffee and beer. A lot of breweries, yeah. Tons of breweries. But I guess, like, it it just brings me back to this question of, like... Why why live in a city? You know, if we're going to live in a city, why not live in a city like L.A., which is super diverse and has really interesting culture, cultural touch points and things going on creatively? And and it's like, why not live in a city like that or just not live in a city at all? Yeah. I mean, Denver was more diverse than I thought it was going to be. Definitely, yeah. So much more diverse than Salt Lake City when I lived there, at least. It was, yeah, it was surprised, um... And I guess, yeah, surprised mostly that I saw, like, more black people than I expected. Because I kind of have, I guess, just in my mind, having never 
spent any time in Denver. I just have like a or a vision of Colorado in general as being like white white people with white dreads, snowboards and like pot smokers. Mm-hmm. Pot smokers. I mean, I think I basically think of anything that's not the coast as being super white. Yeah. Yeah. Which is you know, which is not necessarily because that yeah, also because, it erases a lot of indigenous people. You know, well, I'm, I'm, when I say that, I mean uh, black. black. Yeah, yeah, not black. Yeah, which is funny though too, because some of the whitest states are on the coast, right? <laughs> like, like Washington like, or and, Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny thing. It's a funny thing, and I would say probably parts of yeah, the, New England, the New England as well. Of course, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's funny what our ideas are. So that was a nice, I guess, disruption of expect- expectation in a way to be like, okay. But I still, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I'm on such a, like, cusp of, like, you know, I feel somewhat ready to leave LA, but until it's either, like, okay, we have some resources to homestead, mm-hmm. maybe near an interesting city, but not in it, you know, what we have here is kind of special, you know, a little urban homestead. Yeah. I mean, well, and you we can ha- still go to all the things we need to go to, and even just like we were going to breweries and kind of being like, "Ooh, this would this be cool to work at?" And then remembering that like we're looking up the minimum wage in Colorado, and it's eleven. It's like, yeah, rent is like two hundred bucks cheaper than we pay now, but minimum wage is also eleven fifty. You know what I mean? Remember when was we it talked- that low? Yeah, it was low. Oh. It was like eleven twenty five, eleven fifty, something like that. So it's like, okay, it's all relative. Yeah, you know? I mean, the whole cost of living there is way cheaper though. Yes, but like I said, it's relative. Like you're, if you're, if we're gonna go be servers there, and we're gonna ser- like serve or bartend, and you're making minimum wage, and it's not gonna be as busy because we're not in as high volume of an area as Los Angeles, you're gonna inevitably make less money and have the same quality of life. I mean, not necessarily. I'm sure living. there's, I'm sure there are restaurants there that have the same volume as the one we're working at. Yeah, but you're still not making. But I mean, wages. we don't make most of our money's not from hourly, anyways. Most of our money's from tips. Yeah, but fourteen twenty fourteen twenty five or whatever we make here is a is good considering that nationally there's all this conversation about a fifteen dollar minimum wage, which is still not enough. No, <laughs> with inflation, but because they've been fighting for that for like what fifteen years or something yeah. like nutsy like that. I don't know. I guess my point is like I put all of that in perspective, and I'm like. Like, we were looking at Craigslist and stuff, too, and just, like, seeing, like, what other houses were there, what other apartments. A lot of it is condo development, too. A lot of the housing that exists are these, like, Bakelite condos, and it's, like, weird, you know? And that's something I would never want. I would never want to live in one of those. That's not something we'd be looking at going into anyway. No, but places that that cost the amount of money we pay for our place right here in L.A., you could get, like, a little condo, like, a little studio condo for the same price. I mean, we found, like small like little bungalows and stuff like that too yeah some they're they're fewer and farther in between though but i mean that's that's kind of that's kind of like if you look for apartments in la right now you're gonna be running up this against oh yeah there's nothing Uh, yeah everything here is studios for the same price that we have our two bedrooms for you know it's wild yeah i found the name of the theater it's uh dangerous theater okay dangerous theater in denver um, well, my point is, like, I'm a nay on the Denver. I don't think it's that interesting compared to living in L.A. for the cost of living that we're currently living at, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, what city is going to None. be, aside That's from, my point. like, San Francisco, New York, 
That's like I it. think Atlanta would be interesting, but I know you're not interested in living there. Yeah, I don't know. That would be like my next place I'd want I'd to check out. I'd visit Atlanta. I don't know if I want to live there though. Yeah. I need I want to be near mountains. I love snowboarding. Also and also just in terms of thinking of like of about climate climate, climate refugee yeah. situations. It's like The coast which, is not the jam. The coast is not the jam and that's part of the reason we were looking at Denver is cuz I was kind of looking through different lists of like where are the best places to live going to be when like other bigger cities are going to uh, meet climate refugee status, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a truth of our the rest of our lifetime. That's like something we should be thinking about. We don't have to be like apoco- mm. frantically yeah. apocalyptic about it right at this moment, but I think it's a good thing to be thinking about for the long term. I mean, I don't know. I think it's something that should be in the forefront of everyone's minds now. Because uh-huh. if you wait until it's a problem, it's too late. Because yeah. then you are, you know, it's going to be mass exoduses from the places that are going to be affected. Right. Like, Florida is going to sink right. as sea levels rise. Like, Arizona, Southern California are going to be mm-hmm. really hard Not to live great. in because yeah. they're going to be so hot. And dry. And dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wildfires are going to be a huge problem. And people are going to be leaving in mass from those areas. Mm-hmm. Now we've turned into a, a prepper podcast. Yeah, but. <laughs> but it's not. But okay. But let's just is, is let's, it, let's talk. Let's talk about it, preparedness. Let's talk about preparedness for preparedness for a crisis that is inevitable. That's not reversible at this point. Yeah, and that given our given the like given the people in charge of maybe turning it towards reversibility, like it's very unlikely. I think we're past the point of reversibility, oh, sure. though. It's like. All there is is mediation at this point. Yeah. And mitigation, I mean. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, I think that's, like, more than anything why we were looking... Why why I personally became interested in Denver, because I know you've expressed... I know that you what your preferences are for living in a mount... Like, living near mountains and all that. For me, I'm kind of just like, well, if I'm going to live in a city, I want it to be the most interesting city I can live in. But, like, trying to put that in perspective of, like, what actually matters and that... You know, I may have gone to school thinking, like, living in a big city for career success matters. That's, like, not something to really hold on to anymore. Yeah. And <laughs> but that's like, a hard, like, that's a hard dream to crush. Yeah. I mean, we're I, not... I'm trying to crush it. We're not trying to... I feel like just the way we live, mm-hmm. we're not... That's not where our energy lies anyways. You no, know? but mine is still, like, conditioned in that direction. Mm-hmm. It's something I work on. Like, we've talked about this before on the podcast. Like, working on um, what... I was what I uh, what my education has indebted me to, both financially and psychically, is like a certain modicum of success in a certain sphere that is ultimately like dead, dying, and inconsequential. But it's still there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just what I'm. That's what I think about with the silly <laughs> art dreams that I have. Yeah. Um. But well, I would, I would. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I would almost just rather move somewhere like very rural than move to a city. You know. I hear you. What were you gonna say? I don't remember. Um, what else was interesting? Oh, fucking Bishop Castle. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> In the middle of nowhere, like, I guess the closest city would be Colorado Springs. Um, Some guy started building a castle by himself, um, which is 
I'm so glad that we went out there. It was it was a little out of the way, but um, yeah, it was one of the most bizarre things I've seen. It's just this gigantic hand-built like stone and cement and I guess steel and stained glass. And st- oh yeah, a lot of stained glass. Um, just fucking castle. It was a castle. <laughs> uh, very janky. Uh, there was like a few few turrets. That were like well, first you roll up to the place and there's a sign that's like enter at your own risk, explore at your own risk. We're not liable for any injuries, yeah. right? So there's that to like, pr- like, set the stage for this like outrageously rickety, terrifying <laughs> <laughs> masterpiece in the middle of nowhere uh, that I think has been being built since the '60s. I can't remember. Um, it was started by. Jim. 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 Jim Bishop. Oh. No, his father didn't start it. Jim started it. Yeah, he had a, <laughs> there was a sign in the basement about this one circular structure is the only thing my dad, or the only thing Jim's father built. Jim, Jim built, built the everything rest. else. Jim built the castle. By himself. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jim's still alive. I'm not sure. I think he was on premise when we were there, but no one was out. It sounds like sometimes he comes out and starts talking to people about his kind of anti-state ideals. But there's also there was also drama where like someone else came in to like help him caretake it, but that person was more Christian and like was trying to like seed all this like Christian Salvation no, Mountain stuff into it. No, I think he was dead. Someone said oh. someone said yeah. So he, the original dude was extremely surly and kind of racist and because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there was on and that really sign, anti-state. He was always yeah. fighting the state for like something about the property taxes and other stuff that the state was trying to get him to do with this land. And and the rocks he built the castle with oh, came yeah. from a national forest. Yeah, he was punching so, rocks. <laughs> they were, like, going to charge him for the rocks or something like that. Yeah. And he also built it without building permits or inspections. No. And they were trying to come after him for that stuff, yeah. too. And he's like, no, this is my God-given right to So there's all these signs everywhere, too, with kind of his ideologies and things. Uh Not all over, but there were a couple of them, right? But the Christian stuff came after was the next caretaker um, started injecting all this Christian shit into it. But you basically walk in, and it's, like, pretty crumbled. There had been a fire recently, which I guess they had, like, a gift shop prior to this, but a fire burned the gift shop down, so they had this little, like... Just, uh, like, temporary structure. A temporary structure. structure. We didn't go in, and it was, like five o'clock or something it was i think they closed for the day and then we go in and you kind of walk up these stairs past a like betty boop stained glass window which Mm -hmm. i was obsessed with and then into this first floor which is just this cavernous cathedral like massive great room yeah with this one wall of like colored stained glass window and the other one has just these cool like slatted windows that open and let so the whole thing can be kind of open air coming in this one side and it's like almost what do you think? Two, three stories it tall. It was so big. This and big room. Yeah, the one side was all window, and mm-hmm. the roof had like this, like greenhouse, like glass. Yeah. Window. Um, and then there were these turrets on either side, so you can go up these like winding stair, uh, spiral staircases all the way up, which are so were so janky. They were just like this very thin <laughs> mesh metal. I don't know what it's called, but it's like one of the lower. Um, price point mesh metals i know yeah, this because my dad's like a, a metal worker i feel like, like a, it's like one of the not so expensive materials metal great kind of a thing yeah but it feels kind of it's not like bounce it's not like springy but it just but feels it definitely thin. like kind of warps yeah if you 
don't support it well. And as you're walking up, which is like, it took a long time to walk up. It was a really, really, really tall staircase. I don't know how many stories the whole structure was. Four or five, maybe more? Six? I think I read online that the tallest thing was like some 200-something feet. Um, so you're walking up and like, I remember hitting one spot where my foot kind of squished in and I looked down and they had used like coat hangers to like patch up this little part of the grate that had fallen through. And I just, you suddenly (laughs) get the feeling that you're like really walking on a death trap. There's no one around. We're the only people there. Only, we haven't seen anyone else on the property. So it's very just like, wow, yeah, no, if we died, it this could happen. It. <laughs> um, and I think the, I don't know, at your own risk type of stuff definitely gets you a little jazzed and hyped and endorphins pumping. Well, I mean, I think on. it's I think it's good mm-hmm. because... I love it. If you're, you know, if you're not into urban exploring, you're just some random ass tourist that's expecting it to be like any other building, you can just fucking go mm-hmm. smash and walk without care and not yeah. pay attention to your surroundings, you're probably not mm-hmm. you know, something bad might happen. Yeah. Like um so yeah, it's it's good that people are aware of them. Of course he's they're trying not to get sued too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's you go up this turret and then at the very top you're kinda of standing and looking out and it's super scenic and then there's even more little metal turret up and I did manage to get all the way to the top and you went inside the there's like another one where like it's like a, a drawbridge that's like the most rickety thing I've ever seen. Not a drawbridge, but like a bridge made out of Yeah, this, it's like this arching Oh my god metal it was terrifying welded bridge and like the supports on the it goes to nowhere basically. So yeah. it goes from like the top of tower to like a ladder out into the middle of nowhere and there's just like these thin metal bars going down like lattice to like another turret (laughs) it's so fucked up it was really i was really like this could be it but that's like to me the i was telling you this when we were there like that's the kind of adrenaline rush i like is like oh you could just go ahead and die like this will just kill you maybe but like you'll probably be okay I was definitely having doing some deep breathing and like whatever, but we we crawled all over that thing and it was it was beautiful though, super amazing, um, yeah, yeah, really incredible that someone built that thing and yeah. just kept it going for years and years and years, just adding and adding and adding to it, and that's like I love those kind of kind of folk folk art. Uh, I don't know, yeah, I guess you call it folk art, outsider art, kind of Americana in a lot of ways projects, you know, like. They exist all over the country. This is one of my favorite roadside attractions of that nature that I've ever been to. Um, yeah, it was scary and wonderful. And then there was a whole thing. I went into this other, there's like some other weird little castle building that I went into that had the, that whole sign about like fire rights and the state taking away his right to burn fires because he had like a stove in there. And this mm. is like where he actually lived. He didn't live in the castle, um, but in this other little stone structure. And I don't know, I'm just so for people being allowed to do what they, if they have land, do what they want to on that land. Even if they don't have land, because land is all theft from indigenous people. Like, no mm-hmm. one really should own land, you know. Um, but being being as it is, that, like, you should be able to do what you want to do with that space. I mean, he was poaching rocks, but... <laughs> the state shouldn't own that land either. Except for preservation, I guess, because if they didn't own it, Amazon would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what time is it? I, I do have to go. Two fifty two. We have time. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I love that. I love. That's I love, really cool. I love weird um, little fuckers who do whatever they want. You know, even if they have their problematic points, I still like to see like that kind of 
intrepid fuck you like i'm gonna build build what i want kind of thing definitely like my mom's a uh, theater on the <laughs> on the field but we'll talk about that in another episode i think um the one, where do we go next we went to taos and saw the earth ships yeah we went to taos saw the earth ships those were cool oh we went to hot springs place hot springs place oh yeah we went to like a little nudist hot springs which was cool was that before earth ships that was before earth ships oh, yeah. yeah yeah um and that was not like a big swimming pool they had little rock pools built where the water was coming out and kind of trickled down the mountain to further down pools and mm-hmm. such and it was a nudist resort too which was really cool that was my first time yeah being at a nudist resort yeah, um, I would definitely go back and, like, stay there for a while if we were ever in the area For again. sure. It was really pretty. Uh, just kind of, like, in the foothills of these mountains. Kind of very near to, uh, what was it, Great Sand Dunes National Sand Park? Dunes National Park, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, or National Monument, something like whatever, that. Whatever, yeah, but, um, the Sand Dunes. The Sand Dunes. The Sand Dunes. Um, it was a cute little spot. They gave they ha- gave, were giving away, like, free vegetables. And you could buy, donation. Like, donation-based vegetables and you could get like goat meat and stuff there which from like a local farm that it was their farm yeah that they yeah and we used the kitchen we used the showers it was a nice little day and we hung out in the hot springs all day it's cute and then we went to the earthships which i didn't know that much about the earthships so we went and did the little like tour museum thing which like Honestly, we didn't need to do, but (laughs) it was just like, you go sit in a room and you watch a video and then you walk out back to the place with all the information that's free anyway. Yeah, I didn't learn that much more. No. I mean, it was cool to see the interior, but it wasn't really that impressive of one. I wish it was like that big one or something. And I think like the Earthships is such an interesting idea in theory but in practice it, it, it the theory is that it's super sustainable it's passive heat passive cooling you know but and i think what composted toilets that help grow keep your garden they're like you have an inside outside garden and all of this and all of it's supposed to be feeding itself yeah i think there's a lot of really good concepts um that can be used or you know uh teased out and refined Hmm. Um, but yeah, as a whole, it's like, A, who the fuck can afford an earth ship? Mm-hmm. So it's only wealthy people that can afford to build one. Well, someone um, in the, in the visitor center, the guy was saying there are plans for a $10,000 earth ship, like you can, but it's super small. And I don't think that includes, I think that's just the building materials. I don't think that includes the very specialized electricity unit. That's yeah, where they, I was kind of like, oh, they have their own proprietary like control, control unit. unit. It's like this, yeah, giant electric box that runs the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I've also read that Earthships are it. It's literally like a ship. You have to constantly be trimming stuff and like adjusting things because mm-hmm. if you forget to open the vents the whole house will get too hot and kill all your plants. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like... You can't, like, leave. You yeah, have you have can't, like, leave. To to town. Um, which is, you know, for that much money, it seems like we have the technology that you could automate that shit. But, I mean, that's going to drive the price point up higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, there's nothing really... Maybe, I mean, when were they... The, guy, the, the architect that designed them, I, I want to say did them in the 60s or 70s so maybe it was revolutionary then Mm -hmm. but now that technology i mean is repurposing a lot of kind of like indigenous stuff like using earth and 
rammed earth and stuff like that, which is, you know, it's not new technology. Mm -hmm. It's it's just stuff that works a lot better than any of the, like, insulating shit we use now. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I think I felt really excited about it at first, and then when it kind of came down to the logistics of it being still so cost prohibitive, um, and still, and something else, what did he say about, like, the toilet, the... Something oh for the the gat the stove was electric yeah they're not you they they're just now using or starting to implement I forget what it's called it's not gasification but it's basically where you take your biomass your shit um, compost and use uh, that gas use, the methane uh, yeah use that to produce methane so that will run like your heater or your stove so like yeah they're just now starting to use to implement those systems in their houses, which right. is like, wow, that technology has been around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the solar, I mean, yeah. The, I mean, the electricity is run by solar, right? Yes. Um, I imagine some of them may still be hooked up, but wasn't, I can't remember if we researched this later, but they say they build them all over the world, but really they're the most efficient they have to be in a certain kind of climate to be most efficient mm. um mm. which is like okay so you have this house that only works in a certain latitude and longitude yeah i mean yeah again and as a pro- as a project it's interesting they exist all over the world they exist in yeah, all they different do. things the earthships that we saw were in this kind of community that collectively owned land or had access to collectively owned land no they all yeah they so I guess the Earthship Company owns this giant plot of land, like just outside of Taos, and uh, kind of like an you Earthship can, suburb. Yeah, you can buy into the neighborhood, and mm. they vowed to keep a certain percentage of the land like wild, so it's like for everyone to just go and enjoy, go hike, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. <clears throat> but I I assume only if you're part of the Earthship neighborhood. Mm-hmm, right. So <laughs> you yeah, kind of started the, to feel uh, yeah, exactly. It started to. to feel like greenwashed, uh, rich people feeling uh, feeling superior about their ethical environmental choices, kind of bullshit. Yeah, in a way, you know. Um, but again, like conceptually, there's like there's like the the roots of some good ideas are there but like sure. what it's like grown into is maybe not exactly it um but still good research for us because these are things we're often kind of in the back of our minds thinking about i know you think a lot about it's like what is a better system you know mm-hmm. what's a better system for living than this madness that we're in now you know um so we went down to taos then we went to uh, Santa Fe. Santa Fe. Then we went to Albuquerque. And we went home. Flagstaff. Remember. What was in Flagstaff? Um, not a whole lot. We were, we were <laughs> hangry, trying to find something to eat. But Flagstaff seemed like a cool little college town, though. I'm trying, I have, like, no memory Remember of there it. was, like, the choral concert in that little square. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a cute little town. That's when I started reading about Caroline Calloway. Mm-hmm. That's, how I'll re- <laughs> that's how I'll remember Flagstaff when I first started reading the Caroline Calloway saga, which we won't get into here, although I'd love to. <laughs> but I think some of... I can't believe I hadn't discovered this yet, but uh, some of our last few camping experiences, we've been using oh, a yeah. uh, free campsite 
finder websites. I'm trying to remember what it was called. It's called freecampsites.net. .net. .net. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically you can like search wherever you're going to be or whatever destination you're going to and find free spots to camp. And it's such an amazing were, website. All of them were really awesome. The ones we went really to, like, awesome. people leave yeah. reviews They're like, Hey, you might need a four wheel. That was one thing. A lot of people were like, Oh, you need a four wheel drive. We're driving like a 2004 TDI Jetta wagon. So not the best ground clearance, but, um, nothing was really that hard to get our car up. So, I mean, of course, that's also with what is your skill level driving Mm -hmm. Mm off-road, which apparently... Yours is high. (laughs) Apparently, Apparently Daddy's is high. Apparently, a lot of the people that left reviews is very low. Um, But those reviews are so helpful. They're like, yeah, it was like this. The ground is like this. Like, but of course, some people are like wimpier than others. And I actually still wanted to go back and leave reviews of our own because I think things like that are, are amazing. Like the, that, that kind of resource where it's not like, oh, let me review this product on Amazon for you. But like, Hey, here's like, this is BLM land, which is for all of us to use for free. You know, like having that resource is something more people should have so that you don't feel like you have to get a hotel room or have to, you know, pay for a campsite, which like I would never like paying for camping just seems so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, we managed to find really great, beautiful, scenic, peaceful spots. The only one I wasn't that fond of was that one on a lake, which like looked like it would be beautiful, but we got there and it was super windy and then people had trashed the campground. Oh yeah. Which like someone had actually left a review about the campground being trashed and it made me think that probably that garbage had been sitting there for months, you know? Cause like who wants to take two, two garbage bags of trash with them in their car? We didn't have the space to do that, you know? Yeah. I feel like lakes can tend to be like a party zone too. Sure. People are like, yeah, we're taking the boat out. We're going fishing. Sure. And that was the only one where I was like, that's disappointing. It's just disappointing to see people treat it like that, you know? There was one, the last one we stayed at in the Mojave, um, like oh, I love just that one. Over the, the border, back into California from Arizona, it was beautiful. Oh my I, god! We should get a group of people to go. I would go there back again. there. That, that was, was so really cool. nice. Yeah, and it was a full moon, so it was super bright, and we could just walk around at night with and just like there, we were uh, camped next to these huge, kind of those like those rocks you find in the Mojave. Those, mm-hmm. I think they're called bread. Don't they call them bread baskets or something? I'm not sure. There's like a name. I don't know. I always think of them as breads. They look like rolls, dinner rolls, or something. Um, yeah, that one was really gorgeous. I like the one on top of a cliff in Colorado, too, or on top of a mountain. Which one? The one, one right after... One next to a cell tower, that one. Oh, that was the one right after, uh, right after the, the hot springs, yeah. Uh-huh. The, the Swinger I, hot springs. Yeah. That one was cool, because that was, like, literally a five-minute drive from the hot springs. We just, like, went around the corner yeah. and drove up A very hill. steep hill. That's yeah. why people were like, oh, you need a four-wheel drive. It was it was rough and steep, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah, you just have to... <laughs> yeah, you just have to... Know how to drive. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and most people aren't familiar with that. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an asshole. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a... A little bit of an off-road supremacist, I'd say. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> um... Is that the name of this episode, Off-Road Supremacist? I guess it is now. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what other ones were cute? Uh, I liked the one in Arizona where we, we woke up to a hot air balloon outside our tent. No, that was that was Taos. Oh, New Mexico, yeah. Yeah, that one was cool. They they do, like, I guess, hot air balloon rides And they start on the BL- BLM land. And they yeah. started, like, 
I don't know, 500 feet from where we were. So we wo- we woke up to the sound of, like, a huge blowtorch. I, like, I, had, I had Burning Man flashbacks. I thought I was at Burning Man because I just heard, like, <laughs> which, if you've ever been to Burning Man, it's like, there's so much fire. Yeah. Uh, fire pyro stuff going on. It was very triggering and exciting. Oh, I gotta get my drone footage and post yeah. that. So. Yeah, and then we, we wandered around and I saw I saw some sheeps. Which I thought were antelope, antelope for the longest time. Bighorn sheep. <laughs> they were bighorn sheep. A mama and a baby. Just sitting on the edge of this cliff, which was very exciting. And uh, yeah, that was cute. All of the camping spots were so cute. That first night, wherever that, we were, was really pretty. The uh, the one uh, by Pikes Peak in Manitou Springs. We were up above Manitou Springs. Oh, that one was really beautiful too. One, except for except for our campmates were arguing oh all night. This was wild. We were like up on top of a hill, way out there again. This was also a difficult spot to get to. Like a guy came down and kind of like was trying to help navigate us up the this like very rocky crevasse you had to get up to get to these campsites. Um, but yeah, the spot that we did, this couple was like having some problems and like in the middle of the night I woke up with them screaming at each other. He was like, I tried to do something good for you and bring you on this trip you and he was swearing at her. It was very it was awful, honestly. Yeah. They were they were going at it like as pretty hard. I feel like as soon as we got there it seemed like they were kind of arguing. Yeah. But not happy not happy campers. Not no, horny campers. Not horny campers. We were horny campers. Yeah. <laughs> I know a horny camper. It's me. Um, yeah, and then we went down to a fancy Goodwill. It was, like, the coolest Goodwill I've ever been to in my life. That's what I remember. Yeah, the Goodwill. Uh-huh. I pooped there. I, uh, took a pregnancy test in the because <laughs> my period was really, really late. But I'm not pregnant. Huzzah. Huzzah. We were both like, is it time? Because I was, like, a- over a week late, I think. Oh, it was more than a week. It was like wasn't two it? weeks. It was like two weeks. It was it was pretty suspect. Not only that, it like it, was it three weeks? No, oh. no. But it wasn't that. Coinc- late. I thought it was pretty late. But it co- was late for me. Yes. Coincidentally, with all of that, you had just started lactating too. So I was like sweating we, a little that's bit. That's right. I was like, that's right. That's uh. why you were freaking out. And I was worried too, but I I guess I have a feeling because I because I've heard this from so many people I know who have been pregnant that they knew. Yeah. When they're pregnant, I'm not saying that like, I would necessarily know, but I I just feel I feel like I would. There's also whole TV shows built around people who didn't know they were pregnant. It's true. <laughs> it's true. There that is a thing as well. Um I like to think I'd know, but um because I haven't had that many pregnancy scares, so I guess I I don't know how I'd know if I knew, but I wasn't pregnant and I have started lactating. We Which can was talk great. about that. We induced lactation. Um, Temba was really freaked out when well, it happened. Well, because the missed period. Because my the period late was late. Period. And all of a sudden, there's like, when he squeezes my tits, which he's doing, you can't see this at home, but he's doing it right now, um, a little drop of white liquid comes out. Sometimes it's clear, and my right boob seems to have more clear plasma-like liquid. My left breast has more milky liquid. Um, but this is new as of like, I guess, a month ago. No, maybe two months now, huh? Yeah. Um, and so we looked it up, and it's like, it could be a few things. You know, it could be breast cancer. I don't think it's that. Because um, <laughs> there's some reasons why it, it seems unlikely. 
Um, and it seems like most likely it's just a, some kind of hormonal shift or imbalance where I'm producing more prolactin, which well, can happen from overstimulating the nipples. Yeah, I mean, you can induce lactation, um, but you have to stick to it. Well, maybe not have to, but uh, a lot of protocols recommend, like, it's a pretty involved process. Like, it's you have to spend a lot of time stimulating the nipples. It's to, 20 minutes a day, eight times a day. Yeah. Isn't it? To something like that. Or 20, so, or t- 10 minutes each breast or something. It's like, I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. When we first got together, it was definitely something we're both horny for. I'm excited to try. But, like, yeah, when we're looking up, like, the protocols for inducing lactation, we're like, who the fuck has time to do yeah. all this? And then we were like, maybe we should apply for, like, a residency or a yeah. grant <laughs> so we don't have to have day jobs and we could just, like, <laughs> try to induce lactation for all, which I still think is a great idea, but, you know, I have to figure out how to frame it in a way that doesn't sound yeah. like we're just horny for lactation. Just, <laughs> just trying to get that milk. Get that milk. But yeah, but, uh, I'm so, in the little milk now, which is kind of yeah. cool. I'm, I, I love it. I We've think induced lactation. We just did it the long form way. Yeah, which was just a little, little bit for like th- a little bit of stimulation every day for three years. Well, it's not a little bit of st- stimulation. I'd say we do a good amount of, of nipple play. Yeah. I mean, you're always grabbing at my nipples, if that's what you mean. True. <laughs> By that. Um, so that's a, that's exciting. I hope it doesn't go away. I mean, I don't see any milk today. No. Oh, that's milk. Never yeah, mind. We, we got some earlier too. And there's, yeah. So we make, le- you know, we're making less than a thimbleful, probably an eighth of a thimbleful. But it's something. But it's something. And we're both and we're very proud, proud we're about very it. Proud, <laughs> we're very proud. We're very proud lactating A&R, uh, A&R, what's the Aficionados. word? Aficionados. No, A&R aspirational. Yeah. A&R aspirational, um, folk. Well, we'll look on Craigslist. Maybe someone's, like, giving away a breast pump or... Someone sell, was. Selling one cheap. Well, yeah, but they had the caveat that they wanted it to be for a new mother or someone Right, who was which pregnant. I was going to send Temba to pretend to be the, the No, husband. I think we should respect that. I suppose you're right. <laughs> He's right. People are selling those all the time. It's true. So I'm sure we can get a good deal on the breast pump. And then we'll just hook you up. Yep, just have me milking away. And I'd like to do... I just got this idea just now. I'd like to do a suspension uh, with you. Yeah, suspend it and have the breast pump on. You can just be dangling there and it'll be like... (laughs) Sucking away. Yes, daddy. (laughs) How are we doing on time? Um, I gotta go soon, but was there anything else? I have to go to work in a bit, so... Um, anything else from our trip or anything new we wanted to talk about? Hmm. Before we went to Denver, we went to Vegas, which I hadn't been to since I was a kid. That was weird. Yeah, we stayed in, like, old Vegas, which is cool. I've never stayed. I've only Oh, been, yeah. The times I've stayed has been more on the, like, newer strip side. We stayed at a party, a party hotel. We had no idea. We, you found it like on I was just the like, internet. Yeah, because the internet, in. internet said it was twenty bucks a night, which like wasn't true. Okay, the they got me. Um, and uh, yeah, we stayed there. Actually, they refunded. Remember, they refunded my whole hotel. Oh, maybe they found it was their mistake. Cool. No, it was just was something it? weird where, like, they were supposed to refund my deposit, but they refunded uh, the entire f- hotel fee. So we got, like, a free night in this party hotel <laughs> randomly. Yeah, we get there. It's, like, empty, but, like, the lobby is looks like a club. No, but it, no, but it looks like a, like, skating rink, like, yeah. kid, like a place where teenagers hang out and play skee-ball. Like, it looked like a, like, 
there roller was, rink. There was like giant like beer pong. It was and, definitely like, a college tic tac toe. It was like a college spring break hotel. Yeah, it was. It was the downstairs was awful. They were like pumping axe through the fucking ventilation system, <laughs> and everything smelled like strong disinfectant, <laughs> like a bowling alley. And then there was like this weird outdoor backyard with like giant human sized flip cut or beer pong and like. It was just a, it was just a whole mess. But you had to like, you had to wonder what it was like. But like during break, the party, yeah, during, when the party was yeah. actually happening, it was probably, probably like it was probably a scene. pretty horny and fun. But the, it, there was no one there, and like at all, not all night, but for the majority of the night in they're, that outside, and they're just music. yeah, just th- thumping music, and there's no one out there. Like, what Why would are you, you doing? Do that? I mean, at least they had, like, uh, earplugs in our room. Yeah. And it, we didn't really need them. It wasn't too no. loud in the room, even though our window but like, then, looked out onto that outside zone. And then the next day, I had to make a um, pilgrimage to Circus Circus, where I hadn't been since I was a, a child when... I first visited Las Vegas as a kid. Well, you were demanding to go see it. Yeah, I was demand. I was being very. And I was like, "You sure you don't want to go to like one of the nicer hotels, like, like Circus Circus?" There's other ones with so much more interesting stuff to look <laughs> at. You like has to be Circus. It circus. was a childhood memory that, like, when I was a kid, I thought Circus Circus was the coolest place. But already, I mean, that's that part of the strip is completely different than I remembered as a kid. When I was a kid, that was, like, the central part of the strip mm-hmm. in, like, the 90s or whatever. Um, and it all migrated away to the Bellagio or whatever. Um, is that a place? Yes. Bellagio? Um, That's the one with the fancy fountains. Oh, yeah. So, it was pretty gross. We walked around for a while before I realized that it was just a mall. And then we left. A mall that was the with story. indoor smoking. Yeah, it was nasty. <laughs> it was nasty. Yeah, Vegas, it, I, I'd have a hard time... Uh, I have a hard time understanding life in Vegas. But there must be something. Maybe, like, um... Remember that podcast we were listening to? That that DJ? What's his name? Oh, Steve Aoki. Steve Aoki was talking about how he, he bought his house in Vegas because he could get his dream house there and not in L.A. In terms of space, I guess that would be a reason. Yeah. And because he I plays think, there a lot. Yeah, that and I think probably another big thing for him, which he also mentioned, was the taxes there. Oh, for rich people? Yeah. Or better? Um, I mean, yeah. I'm sure he could afford his dream house here, too. I mean, he said his house there was, like, 20-something million, I think. Yeah, wow. So, wow. And he Aoki. bought his sister and mom a house next door, he said, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Vegas. Um, never again, I guess I'd say. I have no reason to go. I mean, if I had a good reason, like... It'd be fun to go to, like, a porn expo or something. Yeah, something like that. Or if a friend had, like, a big show there or something. Mm -hmm. Or if there was, yeah, some kind of convention. I would like to go to SEMA sometime. That would be cool. Uh, That's the, like, car, modifying car one. Oh, all right. Um, I'd go for that. Yeah. A little resto mod? Uh, I don't want to look at the resto mods. A little supercar? (laughs) I'm interested in uh, aftermarket stuff and mostly uh, Euro or JDM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we got a off-road supremacist here. <laughs> <laughs> we can look at your muscle cars, too. Okay, good. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think that was probably it. You know, my right. favorite part of the trip was camping. 
and being in nature. Yeah. I realized that was just what, what, what I wanted most, you know, from being on the road. Like, cities are cool. Cities are all just city cities. You know what I mean? They all have, like, little chambers of commerce and what whatnot. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> they all have coffee shops and breweries. And, all like, the same shit. Gentrification aesthetic is very real town to town, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, those towns in New Mexico are a little different, but in a way, those little markets that are, you know, built to resemble the central... What are they called in, in Mexico? Um, Pla- Pla- Plaza... I can't, oh, I can't remember, remember the Spanish word. But you know, the central uh, gathering places and cities. They're meant to resemble that, but it's just like... They were like designer clothing stores and stuff. Well, it's I mean, weird. those are all like, you know, their little boutique art right. zone. Santa Fe, uh, Taos. Taos. I mean, that's, that's how they bring in their tourism, is that they yeah. have a concentration of like <clears throat> art... Yes. But it's all the same art. <laughs> not, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's, I don't know, man. I don't know. Cities are weird. That's okay. We don't, I, mean, I feel like that's what our, we digress into every podcast. Let's just end it. Let's just end it now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> Let me digress. Allow me to digress. All right, well, thank you for listening. Yeah, and look out for that Swinger Club in old Idaho Springs. Uh, it's a good one. We recommend it. We recommend it not for the hot water, but for the... Hot people watching. The hot people watching and the laughter. Yeah, we were just acting the fool. We were like... We were like... We were splashing and doing, like, water Tabba ballet. was, like, catapulting me off his pants. <laughs> we were being very rude, I think. But it, it felt like a, like, kid, like, it felt like a hotel pool, not a Swingers Club. It was weird. Um, Okay, until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic with a K, halitosis, cosmichalitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am gorgeous taps. And Temba is Tembizzle, T-E-M-B-I-Z-Z-L-E. Thanks for listening.